0: Views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story
1: behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Good morning and thank you, Roger. We have a blockbuster show for you today on the award-winning Authors Hour radio program on Smoking 99.9 FM and 1380 AM on the dial along with WNRI.com, Alexa, Apple, TuneIn Radio. I believe there's 14 different outlets for picking up the show. And if you missed today's Or any of our fine programmings by myself, you can always get caught up on our podcast at anchor.fm slash wayne-bobber. Harvest Moon Health Foods, Route 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza at Putnam, Connecticut, 860-928-2352. Healthy Foods for a Healthy Lifestyle, Gluten-Free Products, Over 100 Dried Herbs, Nuts and Seeds. Healthy Snacks, Help Your Body to Reinforce Its Immune Response, Hemopathic and Herbal Allergy Relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Bat means organic oils food for life and so much more natural honey and organic coconut sugar raw milk Elderberry for flu remedies, consumer-friendly hours on Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. HarvestMoonHealthFoods.net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut, 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. And Brian's racing uh, season in 2022 is coming to an end uh, last Saturday, and you'll see them in 2023 at the icebreaker at Thompson Speedway, the first weekend in April, weather permitting. Also, uh, Debbie Horry and the proprietor of Book Lovers Gourmet would like to thank everybody for the fantastic turnout for all the Halloween savings and promotions that she had at her store. She owns and operates a local independent bookstore called Book Lovers Gourmet at 72 East Main Street in Webster, Mass. She'll be open today right around 10 o'clock. But I can smell that coffee brewing coming right through the Blackstone Valley right now. That Hogan Brothers Coffee, also available by the pound, new arrivals every day and very receptive. To poets and authors locally to stock your product and also do a book signing or poetry reading right there at Book Lovers Gourmet. She's been doing it since 1995 and what a great job. 72 East Main Street in Webster, Mass., 508-949-6232 for all your latest in a literary field.
0: Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his
1: program, just send him an email. His address is W N R I at yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny Ray. Big happy birthdays today. Author... And uh, a guest on the Authors Hour about five weeks ago that's available on podcast turned 73 today, Dan DeLeggio. He's got a fantastic baseball book out there right now. And also uh, another member of the Authors Hour and a member of Association Rhode Island Authors and our class of 2022 Rhode Island TV Hall of Fame member. Uh, Joni Crocker, pfeiffer moja a big, big happy birthday today. Jan Howard also today. And Chris Carpenter turns 33. Wayne WNRI at Yahoo.com. You know, I have a publicist who sends me an awful lot of uh, free books Or promos, please consider this author, that author. And the mail is just overwhelming and the new arrivals every day. A few weeks back, I got this book in the mail, From the Potato to Star Trek and Beyond, Memoirs of a Rocket Scientist by Chester L. Richards. And I said, why does that name sound familiar? And I'm not a full member of the Trekkie fraternity around the country. Or, you know, like Jeff would say, you're either Star Wars or a Trekkie. There's nothing in between. But, you know, the comparisons and how you can get killed or whatever. But I started looking at this book. And about the third page in, I recontacted the publicist. And I says, I've got to get this guy on as fast as I can. And I moved his book, and I hate to admit it, to the top of the list. And that's no insult about, you know, against all the other books and poetries that I have received in the mail. But this one just caught my eye. Let me tell you just a little bit about world renowned Chester L. Richards. He's a retired aerospace engineer, inventor. With 19 patents, that's another book in itself, (laughs) adventurer, author, storyteller, author, and romantic. His philosophy on life is to view all that comes his way as an adventure. Now, Chester and his friend Junie Burns co-authored a special script for the world-famous, iconic Star Trek series. On a lock, the story, The Tholian Web, became one of the series' most popular episodes. A veteran writer advised the young Chester, you should write, write your passions, and boy am I glad you did. Good morning, Chester L. Richards.
0: Good morning. I'm glad to be here. And that's quite an introduction. I hope I live up to it.
1: Well, I think I could have done a whole hour show just on the intro on your bio.
0: Well, um, I don't think I'm as qualified as you say, but I'm having a good deal of uh, fun uh, uh, writing and talking with people and just uh, having a, a really good time. I'm an old man, and this is a good thing to do in my old age. Do you come
1: from a family of authors?
0: No, I don't. Uh, my father was a printer and an inventor. He was actually pretty successful as an inventor as well.
1: The big question I have, you know, we're approaching almost 400 members in the Association of Rhode Island Authors. And another group that I'm gra- are getting a lot of traction is, is Connecticut Authors and Publishers, with over 4,000 strong. And we do have illustrators, editors. Poetry, we've got the whole uh, portfolio in our groups of everybody that is involved in the literary business, but we have very few screen writers. Can you give me the mindset of an author when you're presented uh, coming up with a screenplay versus a short story or versus a novel? How do you prepare yourself mentally to write for a screenplay
0: um, well I suppose you know it, it depends on the individual but um, in my particular case I'm a visualizer so uh, once I understand what the characters look like what the act, you know the actors create the characters based on the script and uh, what I under, when I understand what the situation is, I just visualize it. And the, the way I work is I'll set up a scene, decide roughly where the scene's supposed to go, and then just let the actor, my mental actors just walk through the screen uh, to the scene and then just uh, write down what they say and do. That, you know, it's as simple as that. I, I don't think that's terribly different from uh, most writers writing a story about something or other, um, but there's a lot of mechanics involved in, in screenwriting. You, uh, one of the things that I learned, and by the way, I only did a couple of screenplays, so uh, don't don't look at me as a Hollywood wizard. I'm not. But um, what I uh, learned was you have to understand what the cameras are doing and how the television program actually goes together. You know, it's it's, it's as formalized a kind of theater as, as Japanese kabuki theater. It's a highly formalized process. And uh, so once you learn that those mechanics, then you just basically write your story um, scene by scene. And that's the important thing. It is a scene by scene visualization kind of process.
1: Now, I am an avid... Uh, addicted reader I cannot get enough reading in my body and my mind every week and I just I'm fascinated by reading whether it's a newspaper or a story, a short story poetry and a lot of times in the uh, four or five years that I've been doing the author's hour and conversations a lot of the books that I read it doesn't make any difference what genre it is I get halfway through the book, and it rings a bell in my brain. This is a screenplay, or this could be uh, a cable TV short series. And I, I don't think subconsciously an author realizes that, but it's chapter book or writing in sections at times or maybe it's the idea when you write a book over five years and you'll have momentary lapses in between a few months where you just can't get to your writing you come back it actually makes itself a screenplay
0: well i think it's even more than that (coughs) excuse me i think what happens is the characters come alive if you're writing a story about uh... individuals um, They take on a life of their own, and they start to teach you what it is that they want to (laughs) do. And uh, very often, um, stories come out completely different from the way you intended when you start to write the story. Um, I've talked to a number of people, and they've said the same sort of thing, that uh, just the story comes alive. It it takes on... It goes in the direction it wants to go and not, in this, not necessarily the direction you want to push it at.
1: Now, with the Star Trek, you come up with this idea with the ghost, and uh, they normally don't do anything like that. But after months and months, it sat there and a change of help and a little prodding. It came to life, and uh, i have going to pick your brain a little bit. Okay, so now... They're at least looking at your script, but now you like you say you've got so many other pieces to it: the special effects guy, the actors themselves. Who's going to be died off in that series? Who's going to stay alive? It it must be well, so complex with the for the changes on the edit.
0: Well, yes and no. I mean, you have to realize that. that- This enterprise is not just a writer, it's a team of specialists doing various things. And they're actually working on your behalf to help you along with various things. So you can specify, uh, for example, there's a thing called the, the... Tholian web, which we created as part of the story, but then that got turned over to an expert who actually created the web and visualized it in his own particular way, which I thought was you know he did a wonderful job with that. Um, but uh, what happens is you write stuff, you send it in, they say well that's really good but we need the following changes. And, and and so you rewrite stuff, and then they say, well, we need to make this change or make that change. This, I think it's pretty much the same with any editorial process. If you're, uh, um, you know, with, when, with this book that you have in your hand that I just published, <laughs> um, I've worked with an editor, and there's, there's a lot of... Um, back and forth with the editor because the editor represents the audience. And I think it's the same thing with television. The, the production staff there represent the point of view of the audience as much as, as anything. So when you're trying to uh, come up with a final version of things, you have to meet their expectations as representatives of the audience. And so the changes get made along those way. But I will say this, the uh, story that we originally submitted and was accepted um, got completely changed. and the end, what actually went on the air is a totally different story than what we actually sold to the uh, Star Trek people. So they, they demanded what they called minor changes, but those minor changes ended up uh, completely reversing some major story elements.
1: Now, the episode we're talking about is Foldian and Webb. One of the most iconic episodes of this original series. And it will go down in history in that. After this appeared nationwide, how did that change your life?
0: Well, (laughs) you know, it's really interesting because you you do something you don't know exactly. Well, it's a little adventure you go through and you don't expect very much to come out of it. One of the things that... We look back at, at Star Trek from a historical point of view and the enormous influence that that, that uh, series has made, uh, not just in the United States, but worldwide. Um, and yet, when we were doing the television show, we were just doing a TV show. We were filling so much airtime. Nobody had any expectation that this was going to turn out to be a world-shaking event, um, well, wasn't, cultural event. Well, wasn't Star Trek canceled
1: in. after the first two
0: years? It was canceled after the first two, two years, and uh, people had to work hard. My, my uh, writing partner, Judy Burns, worked very hard to get the show back on the air because she wanted to, write a, wanted to write a script for the show. Can't write a script if the show's not on the air. So um, she and a number of other people were highly successful in organizing an extraordinarily vast campaign to get the show back on the air. And that's, by the way, the only, as far as I know, it's the only time ever that a show that was canceled was ever, ever put back on the air. So the Tholian Web was in the third season. Uh, and uh, if Judy and her friends hadn't gotten the show back on the air, we, nothing further would have happened.
1: Now, I've got to ask you this. <laughs> what was it like seeing your script at the Smithsonian in the American History Museum? Describe well, my- what went through your mind.
0: Well, I did a, a bit of a flip-flop, you know. It's, I mean, your, your stomach turns over when you see that. What happened was I was in the American History Museum in the Smithsonian, and they had a Star Trek exhibit, so I naturally I had to go over and take a look at that. And of the various items that they had on display, they had one script, and it was our script. It was the shooting script for the Tholian Webb. And obviously, I was more than pleased, but I was also amazed. I didn't expect to find myself in the Smithsonian.
1: You have another part of your life called the story of the great potato, how your father brought you into the family business and lessons learned at a young age. And uh, I read a story in your book yesterday uh, When you were in a class with one of your professors and you just stumbled across him reading while you were waiting for a science project to uh, germinate or percolate or whatever you were doing in the class. And you just sat back and absorbed one of the fantastic stories that you put in this book that he told you. And then you tried to uh, recollect it and put it into... Oh, oh, you're talking
0: about Johnny Pelham. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: That was... I could not stop reading (laughs) it. That was so well done.
0: Thank you so much. Well, you know, I tried to reconstruct what he told me. He he told me that story back in the 1960s. And then when I was writing this book, I said, you know, that's a tremendous story. And it's a true story, by the way. So, um, of course, I don't remember word for word what he told me, but what I tried to do is reconstruct as close as I could um, the story that he told me and tried to capture the personality the way he told it. Because this guy was, uh, this professor, uh, Johnny Pelham, was a wonderfully magnetic individual Um extraordinary, extraordinary scientist. He was a presidential science advisor and, and all kinds of good stuff from the career point of view. Um, but he just was a, a wonderful man to work for. I worked in his laboratory for a year and it, w- it was quite an extraordinary experience. So I I've told the story of what he did in World War II and how it had a major impact on, on, uh, a significant part of the European war in World War II. And he was just a graduate student when he pulled that one off as, as a matter of fact. So uh, young people can do remarkable things and the, and the story of what he did is in the book.
1: That story reminded me of James Bond or some of the other sci-fi shows that we saw as a kid growing up. I, I had a flashback, it was so well, I'm glad Really glad that you included that story in this book. Now, i got to touch on something else, too. Uh, in your life, uh, we, none of us stay here forever, and you had the uh, unfortunate thing of losing Sarah in your life. Yes. And you filled a tremendous void mentally by creating stories, getting on the keyboard, on the typewriter. Uh, that was really a great adjustment for you in your life?
0: Oh, I think it was a lifesaver. Basically what happened was my, I came home from work and I was talking with my wife. She got up and collapsed in front of me. Her heart had stopped. Wow. Um, there had been some warnings. She had um, uh, was recovering from an injury, and so she was under a lot of strain and physical pain. But having... Uh, Having your wife just literally drop dead in front of you is is <laughs> it's an indescri- indescribable experience. And I was absolutely devastated. I mean, it just, it, it wiped me out. So it, in the process of, of trying to figure out what to do, I realized that, that writing things down... I, when I, it started when I, when I was writing the eulogy for the funeral. And I realized that just writing the words on the paper about my wife, Sarah, uh, gave me a great deal of comfort. And so I started to write uh, some of the stories that I had told her she was familiar with. And I just decided to write, start writing these stories down. These are true stories. They're events from my life. They're memoirs. And um, I just thought each story is sort of like a letter that I'm writing to her from wherever she happens to be. Hopefully she will read the stories. And um, so one story after another, and eventually over a long period of time, that process of writing helped me recover psychologically. And once you get into the habit of writing, you, I'm sure you're well aware it's very difficult to stop. <laughs> it's just, it just becomes part of your life. And, you know, I'll get up in the middle of the night and I have ideas and I got to get them down. You know, it's uh,
1: so in your it's opinion, really- if you were to lose a close friend, a spouse, family member, and you're asked by your family and friends, you should do the eulogy. And I would say public speaking is like being a dentist. It's the most suicidal task that you can ask a human being. But getting up on a pulpit in a church or a funeral power and doing a eulogy, you would say from your experience you're better off doing that in the long run instead of saying no?
0: Well, I can only speak from my own experience. It helped me a great deal, and and it started the healing process for me. Um, and by the way, when you, when you're writing something like a memoir, you're you're really exposing your. Uh, your innermost thoughts and things like that when you put them down on on paper and and give them out to the world. So, you know, people know, uh, I used to be a very private individual, and I'm, <laughs> through the the process of publishing the book, I'm far less private than I used to be, um, you know, talking about the experience of, of what it's like to, to lose your wife and, and the emotional in, experience involved in all of that. Um, so, but... The whole process has completely changed me. Obviously, you know, I'm I'm dealing with the world in a way that's completely different than it was than I was uh, at the time that when I was married. and, You know, having a norm, more or less normal life, going to work, doing a job, coming home, uh, and and dealing with home affairs as well. So, um, it, you know, people go through various major changes in their lives, and you just. You go with the flow, as, as people say, and that's what's happened. Be, before the
1: Star Trek case. episode, along your journey of life, is there any failures that you had that you were kind of glad you experienced them to make you a better person or a better writer? Oh, yeah. And how well, important absolutely. is that to first of all, form a writer?
0: Well, first of all, everybody... Is going to fail at something, and the question then is, how do you recover from the failure? What do you learn from the process? And yeah, there have been major failures in my in my life, certainly. Um, and what I find is that. You basically walk away from one situation, which is a, call it, call it a failed situation, and you find yourself in a completely different situation, and you now make the best that you can of the new situation you find yourself in, and sometimes that works out wonderfully well. I've been very lucky in the sense that that I've always managed to land on my feet and actually do better after uh, I've recovered from a failure than I was uh, Uh, you know, in the original path that I was going on. And, in fact, those failures directed me in directions that were very beneficial uh, in the long term. Where do you see yourself in the next three years?
1: Where do you see yourself in the next three years?
0: Well, um, I have three books already. Um, The second book of the series of memoirs is in edit right now. And I, and this past week, I finished the last story in the third book. So I've got that. Um, so we will uh, hopefully be publishing these books uh, once, one a year for the next three years, next two years. And then I have the journals that I kept in my explorations, a lot of whitewater river uh, excursions around the world. Um, and that's available to be published as well in sometime in the future. So I've got... Uh, lots of writing projects right in front of me
1: any mentors or inspirational writers along the way in your career
0: Well I think uh, probably the the big biggest inspirations were two things uh, my writing partner Judy burns and she was the senior partner in the in the Star Trek uh, adventure and and then her um, uh, tutor the the person that uh, uh, she was taking script writing class uh, from and I was invited to, to uh, audit that class and that was Bob Duncan who was a um, screenwriter of considerable uh, importance in Hollywood and I learned a great deal from him. Basically what I learned from him is boy this guy really knows how to do it <laughs> and, and I sure don't so, but uh, you develop those skills as time goes on and you have more and more practice. But I learned a great deal just from watching a a real professional take care of a a given situation. What he would do is he would simply uh, say, okay, here's the situation, go write about it. And uh, so the students would write various things. And then he would show the students how he approached that same situation and wrote about it. And uh, what you found was here's the difference between a bunch of people that are learning how to write, and here's and what a real professional how that guy really handles the situation. And what happens is, what you find is the real pros go into far more emotional depth, but they do it in such a uh, economical way that it just absolutely floors you how you can. Uh, transmit so much emotion with so few words it's really extraordinary to watch a real pro go uh, do his thing well, so I learned a great deal from that We have
1: a tremendous part of our audience that has a manuscript and they need just that little push or voter confidence to get get it to a publisher or to self publish or after 40 refusals you know pounding uh, doing your pitch what advice? At this time in your career, there's probably going to be like three fundamental three fundamentals that get you in that position to be accepted as an author. What advice do you have for a brand new novice author that think he just he thinks he just wrote the number one bestseller? <laughs>
0: Well, he probably has, but uh, it's a matter of luck. I mean, in my particular case, I was at a function, and I ran into this lady who turns out to be an editor. And uh, we got to talking, and I said I'd written some stories, and she says, why don't you send me some? And so I did, and she really liked the stories. So the two of us teamed up, and she became my editor on the book. So networking Um, is the number one? I, I would think I, well, it was in my case. Just, you know, it was an accident that I was at this place and ran into this this lady. Um, her name is Ina, by the way, the editor of the book. Um, and uh, so that was a piece of luck. I There are literary associations where writers, writers' groups can get together, and they can meet agents and they can meet editors. Um, so I think, you know... You, In Southern California, where I am, you have writers groups that I'm – there's one particular group I'm involved with that has – that makes introductions for you uh, on your behalf uh, to various agents and editors and people like that. So um, I would suggest that that, uh, young writers start looking – or, you know, starting writers – Uh, get involved with the writing community and and find the associations of writers and get involved with those associations. I think that'll would probably be the best approach and but now there is a great deal of luck involved you the
1: know? Uh, computer has all of that information state by state town by town there is so much information just from a couple of clicks on the keyboard to get you in that zone and it, you just take it from there as much as you want to put into it like any other business, you know, it, you know, the rewards are in your homework and what you're going to be doing. But researching oh, yeah. now on the computers made that a whole lot easier, too. And I I highly recommend the associations that every state have because just what you're rubbing elbows with can save you so much heartache, time, and money. It's unbelievable.
0: Well, there, there's people with a lot of experience. You know, if you're a novice, and we all start out as a novice, every one of us, you know, uh, hooking up with people that have a lot of experience can save you so much. Other, basically, they've done the learning for you. Yep. And so you gather from them experiences that would have been very hard won if you tried to do it yourself.
1: And don't be afraid to ask questions, too. Don't be intimidated by that because a lot of people are honored. When you ask them in a correct way, you know, not abrasive or anything at it for picking their brain a little bit for some information. It's like a fly tire. You know, the color of the fly that's working that day in the trout. He may smirk a little bit, but he's going to give you a couple of little tips, too, because he, <laughs> he, he, he was in your waiters at that time, too.
0: Yeah, well, I haven't done any fly fishing, but uh, I can understand the metaphor. Um, I think that one of the things that, that I've noticed from successful people is they tend to give a lot. Yep. Uh, they've already made it. They have n- there's nothing that you can do to, to take that success away from them. So they turn around and start helping other people along the way. And I've had that uh, same experience of... of learning from from the master i've been fortunate in my career as an engineer and physicist of having grand masters take me under their wing and and show me the ropes so to speak you know in the old uh, nautical metaphor um, it, it's people give and i find myself now in trying to do the same thing trying to help other people I out do with, too. Ideas and things of that sort.
1: I respond to all my emails. I really do. Because the people taking the time to ask me something, I research it. I answer my emails and I answer my phone. The name of the book is From the Potato to Star Trek and Beyond. Memoirs of a Rocket Scientist. Chester L. Bridges. Available everywhere. It's got to be probably in the top Two hundred books out there selling right now. If people just pick the book up, you won't put it down. It's that well done, and I don't say that lightly. Now, do you have websites and blogs and everything where people can learn more about Chester L. Richards?
0: Yes, I. Yes, I do. I have a website, Richards dot com. Uh, that's one word, Richards dot com, and. Uh, you'll find pretty much everything uh, on that website, or there will be vectors, there will be links to other websites that and uh, uh, places you can go to find out. So there's a there's a Twitter site and there's a, a, a Facebook site as well, and and the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble as well. Um, if you go to my website, if you want to get links to other parts of uh, of this little empire that that we put together, uh, just go to the bottom of the page, and there are links at the bottom of the page uh, to the other um, things that are in, that I'm involved with.
1: Thank you, Chester, and thank you very much for writing this book. And any other books, get it in my mailbox, and I cannot wait to open it up and get you on a future show. Well, thank you very much for well, writing the book.
0: I'm. Um, been my pleasure and and it's really been fun sitting here and chatting with you
1: okay thank you very much okay bye-bye bye-bye that concludes that part of the show and uh i got uh, two emails and as a public service here there's one more button from the autumn fest uh number 1933 will get you one hundred dollars and that's the last of the prizes that are given out from the autumn fest and uh, if that's not uh, picked up, uh, it goes right back into the pool. And Miss Phillips comes up with another number next Monday. So don't throw your buttons away. Okay, a transportation and limousine services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks. And my beautiful receding hairstyle by Worcester Hair Company celebrating one year in business. And Little General Stores. By God, there's one in your neighborhood. And the sales expire on 11-6. Now, where I get my information, and you can too, littlegeneral.com. Just click on the email listing for the specials of the week. And you'll be included on the Monday morning release. And chicken drumsticks. Ninety-eight cents a pound. I got to get ten pounds on the way home. I've already called in; it'll be ready for me. I get the express line. Genoa Capicola, hot or sweet, seven eighty-nine a pound, and Black Forest ham, just favorite, at six eighty-nine a pound. At Little General Stores, there's one in your neighborhood. Now, also, we have a special going on today. By the mention of the Author's Hour or yours truly. And we're going to pass on a brand new special, uh, undercoating special for $4.99. And that's featured by Ted's Auto and Rust Repair. They are now offering sandblasting services too. Complete rust repair, cracked or damaged frame repair, undercoating chassis and beds. And a mention of WNRI and this show, undercoating special for $4.99 always a free estimate. Just give Teddy Bebo a call at 401-230-8877 or stop by and see the folks at 1943 Route 44 Putnam Pike in Chirpacha, Rhode Island. Ted's Auto and Rust Repair. We fix rust. Another sponsor that wants to Really, really put aside a myth out there right now. There is no ammo shortage. Not at Bullseye Shooting Supplies. Even 22 Long Rifle got it by the case. Henry Rifles came in last week. Black powder specialists. What makes Bullseye Shooting Supplies different from the big box stores and the other competitors in the area? They do not do fishing. They do not do archery. They do everything in shooting and ammunition. That's their business. And experts, over 38 years experience. That's uh, Paul Conley, Marcel, the whole crew down there. And also, uh, you don't realize this, but you can get a blue card test given daily, Monday through Saturday. The store opens at 930. He's a former military man, so I wouldn't try it at 915. 9.30, six days a week, a good selection of hunting and talking shooting optics, a great supply of ammunition always on hand. He knows where to buy and knows what to stock. And the firearms inventory is returning gradually every day at Bullseye Shooting Supplies. Open right now, 401-766-4409. And stop by and let them know you heard the advertisement On WNRI. Today is Tuesday. And you know what that means. The pizza special at Cereo's Pizzerima and Restaurant is still passing on the savings to you. Every single Tuesday, a large cheese pizza, that's a full 15 slices on a rectangle crust, only $7. Also help wanted. If you're an experienced server Male or female, apply in person. At 405 Church Street up at the Bridgeton Triangle in Pasco. And also, if you're going to be watching that World Series game, the rain has stopped in Philly. Or maybe a highlight of the Bruins or uh, the Patriots are now even their record. And you want to sit on the couch and do it. 401-568-7187. They haven't lost a delivery yet. Keep that streak alive, and they'll get it to your property also. 401-568-7187 for a delivery from Cereals, Pizzerima, and Restaurant. And also, it does a big bang-up job with catering.
2: Because you know I'm all about those books, about those books. Start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Yeah, it's pretty clear that I'm really cool because i'm reading reading it's what i like to do because i got that fiction that everyone's chasing. and all of these books take you so many places i see those magazines uh-huh. they make making reading hard uh-huh. they're great when time is short and you can even, even swap if you got books of kindles uh-huh. just raise them up because anything you read is perfect from the start until the start Because you know I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Hey, I'm bringing reading back. Go ahead and check out our gigantic stack. Nah, I'm not joking. I know you think it's mad. But I'm here to tell you Every book is an adventure Makes you never want to stop Yeah, Devon said she told me Those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Because you know I'm all about those books, about those books. Start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Start reading. I'm all about those books. about
1: those books <laughs> the he shed is open not the she shed the he shed at northeast race cars and speed and also the same location as hopkin brothers auto repair at six hill road in harrisville cox phone number is 401-710-9992 for the best brick job in northern rhode island Get it repaired right the very first time at an affordable price. That's Herbie's slogan. And also, if you want to have a custom built race car or a race truck, they'll do it right on the premises. And then, brand new He Shed, race car parts supplier and custom fabrication. Chassis setup. Simpson, MSD, Willwood, Moroso, and so much more. Race car parts and service from a career long racer, Mr. Shane Hopkins and his brother Herbie, over at Hopkin Brothers Auto Repair. And you can call Scotty at 1 800 766 4748 and they'll get those race parts. To your garage to get you in Victory Lane too. Anywhere in the country. They ship Monday through Friday by eleven o'clock on the eight hundred number. And boy if they got parts, and boy if they got a brand new website. If they don't have it, they can source it out and get it right to your door. It's uh, quite an elaborate. This website will blow you away if you've uh, been on inferior websites in the past. Northeast Race Cars in Speed. Like them on Facebook, too, and get on their uh, notice. And he sent out a notice a couple weeks ago that really was very creative. If there's any race car pods that you would like them to supply, to your local racetrack where they have the trailers, they've got the 53-foot trailers and almost all the tracks. They'll stock it for you. They'll put it on the shelf. That's how receptive they are to expanding inventory. Northeast Race Cars and Speed and Hopkin Brothers Auto Repair, 401-710-9992. I've got to get one other important thing in, too. The emails are lighting up like a Christmas tree, and I will get back to all of these emails when I get back to the home office up at the Northeast Quiet Corner. But uh, a while back, I said and I reported on the author's hour to contact your state representative and your state uh, senator, federal representative, and uh, national senators about a big thing that was going on in Congress on antitrust suits that directly affect this show. Anybody in the literary field. The version of this article first appeared in Reliable Sources Newsletter, new and that's a division of CNN. That is my source material. As we know and reported on the Author's Hour, Penguin Random House announced its bid to acquire Simon & Schuster back in November of 2020. The deal, combining two of the top five big publishers in the United States, normally would have been taken effect by now. But the Justice Department stood up, stood in their way, and the antitrust trial began at that time. Judge Florence Payne of the U.S. District Court of Washington, D.C., heard over three weeks of oral arguments. And my good friend Stephen King from Maine was the very first one to testify. The publisher said after the merger, the magic would be dynamic, would be just the same, and rejected all the arguments that the authors presented to the panelist. But, you know, Stephen King and a bunch of other authors had the foresight to say, if you're eliminating people for us to submit our work to, won't our fees go down? I mean, it was a no-brainer. But the medium income, a full-time author, is not a get-rich-quick scheme. If It's about $20,300, according to the Authors Guild source. You know... I get my source material. I get the information out of there. And now everybody knows who I am. (laughs) I've been in this area for a long time. Our family's been in business 1871, longer than them call. It started in 1892. I'm the fifth generation of the barbers and the gauvins in business in this area. And I got to tell you right now, you got to give credit with credit's due. I contacted my reps. I'd like to publicly thank the people that stood up for the Association of Rhode Island Authors, the authors in Connecticut, everybody that listens to this show. Representative David Cicilline, uh, Senator Jack Reed, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, thank you. It was defeated yesterday. It is a deal off the books right now. The merger is never going to happen. It's going to stay the big five, and I hope a six comes forward, Arcadia Publishing or somebody like that, and gives us more choices. Thank you. That was brought to you by, might as well get you another political statement, too. If you're going to be voting in Gloucester, Rhode Island this year, trust Buster Steer. Borrowville Motor Sales and Larry's 24-Hour Tolling, also in conjunction With Brian's Auto Repair or to schedule a Rhode Island Vehicle State Inspection. Call one number. It's called Multitasking. 401-568-6286. Used Auto and Truck Sales are headed up by uh, Peter and Jerry with new arrivals every day. And then schedule that Vehicle State Inspection with Brian. Get those repairs done. Also, expert body work and insurance estimates. It's your constitutional right in Rhode Island to choose your body shop. Don't be misled at that fender bender. It's your choice. Give them a call. Lockout service. Jump starting service. It's already snowed four times on Mount Washington. You know the black ice is going to be here. We had uh, frost three nights in a row up in the northeast quiet corner. Maybe you slide off the black ice for the first time. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? No. Call Larry's 24-hour towing. 401-568-6286. Give them the address. They'll take care of the rest. Seven different types of trucks, whether it's a flatbed, on the hook, container, you name it. They're the experts. At Larry's 24-hour towing, Marvel Motor Sales, and Brian's Auto Repair. 401-568-6286. Three emails at WayneWNRI.com. Who can we expect in the future? The one, I've got three correspondents. We had a couple of cancellations with the virus. Psychedelics for Everyone by Matt Zeman. I think that one's going to be moved up to the top. I got another one that came in that's really, you can't put it down, The Museum by Samuel O. Redman. On the Wings of a Hummingbird by Susan Mills. Tales, Book One of Knowledge by Yesen G.D. What a name for an author. Yesen G.D. Broken and Redeemed by Johnny Jarman. Those Who Hunt Wolves by Harrison Taylor. This is not a nature book. Henry Hits the Ball. Tom Ring from Pasco, Rhode Island ventures into the world of baseball from automotive. The Selfish Giant by ben berkeley all the dirty secrets by aggie blum thompson that is going to be a not miss i know it's going to go through the roof as a podcast uh steps and stories we've already done well that's on the podcast by sandy beach and the dock voyage by local author here in rhode island dan mcburning he's on the uh, burner to come up on too got over 40 books ready to read and get them on the show. But if you'd like to have somebody get to the top of the list, it's WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. We check our mail every day, and we answer all of our emails. What a book it was today. From the Potato to Star Trek and Beyond, Memoirs of a Rocket Scientist. The cover is so inviting. It It just makes you pick the book up. It's so well done. And that author today was Chester L. Richards, world-renowned in the Smithsonian. Poets at Lodge is done for the season. And boy, that group is growing in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. I can't wait for the new schedule from Karen. She'll be sending that, and then we'll get promoting that. And uh, also, I think I got just enough to... No, I don't. I got two minutes. I was going to play that... uh, Fantastic, Amanda Gorman, an ode we owe. Uh, One of her new poems she's got out that she did at the United Nations, that had over 50 percent of the participants with their earbuds in tears after the translation. It's that good, and boy, is poetry and short stories on fire. Check out your local bookstores, all the big box stores, whatever you want to do. But you're gonna see. That they're delegating more of that very important shelf space to short stories and poems. And that tells you right there, that's what what well, what's selling in the stores. They're not stupid. They're going to put the stuff out front that they can turn over quick. And everybody can make a profit on it. And uh, don't be afraid to ask questions from buddies, somebody that's established in the business. That's so, so important on the mentoring and the networking possibilities. It saves you so many uh, tribulations, uh, cost, and uh, just making bad decisions from not knowing. So join an association. Join your local writing group at your local library. Get out there and read some books. And you've only got a few choices. There was 921,000 new editions of books entered the market last year you got to find out which ones is the top 100 in your list and please support your local libraries and keep them going and just giving me sign language out there that i'm realizing he's killing a horsefly that's not going to bite me on the way out thank you very much for tuning in today and this show and others will be available on podcasts at anchor.fm slash wayne Bobber. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at WayneWNRIYahoo.com and for tuning in to the Author's Hour. Remember to shop locally and to read a book, and tomorrow, please have the
2: best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber.